Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, assuming things go well for me. Sometimes I just get a little bit busy. But in any case, make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening. I would really appreciate that. Thank you very much for tuning in, by the way. And also, if you don't mind, check out the social media at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or send me an email at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the show. And, well, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute since we've last talked. I think it has been a full week. I think last Friday was the last podcast that I did. And interesting things have happened. At first, you know, if I did a podcast on Monday, it would have been very positive. Because we had played the Rays over the weekend. And we ended up winning two out of three games against the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's awesome. Like no matter like wins and losses don't matter, but no matter how you slice it, winning two out of three against a winning ball club, that's great. That's fantastic. So it was really nice to see that. Then, unfortunately, we dropped two out of three to the Angels, which is a little bit surprising because you would think the Angels are a team that you could beat, but I guess not. And then Going into that, we also lost the first of four games against the Yankees, and, you know, the Yankee series, it's something that we uh, we fear a little bit, we, we dread a little bit, because the Yankees are good. Even though, over the last month or so, the Yankees have only been a 500 ball club. They have slowed down considerably since their supernova start, and in that same time, time frame, the Royals are only a, only a couple of games behind that. The Royals have been playing some pretty okay baseball in the month of July, and I guess the Yankees have as well, but you know Yankees fans. They are not going to settle for just okay. <laughs> but before we get into any of that, some other really interesting things happened with the Royals and the Yankees, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Of course, the Royals traded Andrew Benintendi to the New York Yankees. It happened. They did it. It was something that we've been expecting. Some have predicted us to trade to the Yankees. And, you know, there were rumors of, of it swirling around weeks before. So I did a whole podcast saying, okay, let's trade Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees. Let's see what happens. And they did it. So. The Royals got three players in return for Andrew Benintendi. And it's funny because they traded him right after that uh, last Angels game. In fact, that Angels game on Thursday, that last game, had a very, very strange lineup that I did not like a whole lot. And I, and I said on Twitter that this lineup only makes sense if most of these guys, like like six or seven of these guys, are about to play their last game in Kauffman Stadium. I didn't say that because I thought the Royals were actually about to make any trades. I just said that because I didn't like the lineup. But I guess it turns out that is what happened. <laughs> they were preparing to make a trade for at least one of them. So yeah, Andrew Benintendi played his last game as a Royal, played his last game in Kauffman Stadium on Thursday. 
Maybe we'll see that for some other guys before we get back to the stadium. Because it, August 2nd is the deadline. So, would like to see some more trades being made. I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping this is not it. W regardless of how I or anyone else feels about the Andrew Benintendi trade, we need to make a lot more trades. We need to trade Whit Merrifield. We need to trade Michael A. Taylor. We we need to trade Hunter Dozier if we can. I said, you know, just give someone Kyle Isbell along with Hunter Dozier. Just try, I don't know. Brad Keller has been getting some rumors lately. So, lots of interesting things going on. Scott Barlow as well. But for now, we've just got the Benintendi trade. So, like I said, the Royals got three players from Benintendi, which is cool. And um, I'm just going to say that on paper... I'm kind of underwhelmed by this trade on a personal level. Now, I'm not an expert on prospects. You probably figured that out for yourself if you've listened to this podcast <laughs> a little bit. And I guess I'm not the best at determining trade values because, I don't know, I, I guess in some way we expected Benintendi to be a more valuable trade asset given the amount of competition he would have but maybe that wasn't really the case i don't know but so let me say that this trade kind of underwhelmed me on a personal level because there are some things that i wanted the royals to get back in return at this trade deadline i would say that there are four there are like four quadrants of players that you can obtain from trading players, or at least like prospects you can acquire. Okay. You can get hitters that are major league ready or just about major league ready. You can get pitchers that are major league ready or just about major league ready. Or you can get hitters that are a few years away from being major league ready. Or you can get pitchers who are a few years away from being major league ready. Those are the four different prospects that I think you can get um, in this sort of situation. And in that order, that's how I would say, like, that's what I wanted the Royals to get from most desirable to least desirable. I wanted hitters that are close to Major League ready and didn't want pitchers that are not close to Major League ready. And so the Royals got three pitchers that are not close to Major League ready. So that's kind of where I'm at with this trade. I feel like they got the absolute lowest of priorities with what might have been their most valuable trade asset, assuming they don't trade Scott Barlow right now. So that kind of disappoints me because, I mean, the Royals aren't good at developing pitchers. In the minor league level. Like their minor league development. Like I feel like the Royals have some talent. Like they really do have talent in their system. And some of that has has shown up in the major leagues. They just haven't been able to utilize it. But I mean you look at Alec Marsh this year. He's not very good this year. You look at Asa Lacey. He might be a bust at this point. Which is really sad. Frank Mazzucato is... Eh, Ben Kaderna is, like, interesting. Um, you just don't have a whole lot going on in the in the pitching farm 
for the Royals. So it makes me really wonder that, that, like, that's why I'm thinking we don't need, we should not be getting pitchers who are a couple to a few years away from the major leagues because that's still a lot of development. That's still a lot that you need to get done with these guys to get them to what you want them to be, which is hopefully major league starters, or at the very, very least, regular bullpen contributors, like solid bullpen pieces. And, yeah, I don't know, dude. So, the Royals got three pitchers. One of them is Beckway, who is a... How old is this dude? He's a 22, almost 23-year-old starting pitcher at high A. And he looks all right. I, like, I will say, like, the, the pitchers that the Royals got, they look all right. I don't think that they got total lottery ticket picks or anything like that. But I'm just saying they're not very, they're not very highly rated prospects. That's kind of my thing. Like, the, like, uh, I think... Fangraphs has the one of the prospects as like the 18th best prospect in the Yankee system, and that was the best one that the Royals got. And that's just kind of making me think, really? Like, that's it? Again, I was just really thinking there would be a little bit more because Andrew Benintendi seemed to have a lot of hype surrounding him at the uh, at the deadline. So I thought all the teams that were interested in him would push his value up just a little bit. You know, I was hoping maybe a top 10 prospect or something close to it. Like, I wanted Trey Sweeney from the Yankees, you know? But, I don't know. I guess beggars can't be choosers. Because I guess we are begging to take Ben and Tandy off our hands. I don't know. Whatever. But in any case, so back to Beckway. About 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, so a little more than one per inning. And then three walks through nine innings, so not too bad. Uh, 3.73 ERA through 15 starts. His stats look all right. They, they look all right. There's just some questions as to whether or not he's actually going to be a starter in the future. I think he's someone who has some trouble getting lefties out. Doesn't have particularly great command, but yeah, uh, we'll just have to see. Big guy, though. Big guy, six foot four, two hundred pounds. Yeah, he could. Uh, he can probably at least be. Uh, he looks durable, so that's cool. So that's yeah, that's just yeah. And then the other guy, the one that m many expect to be the centerpiece of this deal, the best prospect the Royals got is T.J. Sikema. Sikema. I feel like it would start like a sh sound. I'm not sure. Not sure. Not not sure what that nationality is. Anyway, he's a lefty at age 24, who's still only in high A. That's because he was drafted in 2019 and also had a lat injury in 2021. So this dude's really been screwed over by the stuff that's been basically the whole 2020 season being lost. So yeah, that's a that's a couple of years of lost development right here. So I'm not going to worry too much about the age for his level sort of thing. Technically, it's only the second season that he's been pitching. So this season, he's at, he has 10 starts, 2.48 ERA, 13 strikeouts per nine innings, and 2.23 walks per nine. That is incredibly effective. So right there, just that alone, 
that's some that, that's something really interesting. This guy probably does have some really good command. He does look like he has a good feel for pitching. So hopefully this guy could be your starter. This guy could be an actual major league starter. He's at, he's also uh, because he's you know old enough or rather has been around for so long technically. He's going to be forty man eligible this coming off season. So maybe. It's possible this guy might not be so far away from the major leagues. I would actually say the Royals should just put him into Double A Arkansas. I don't know if they've assigned anybody yet. I'm I'm not sure. I might have missed that. I'm sorry. I feel like they should just put him in Double A Arkansas though. Like this guy, you look at his stats in High A. He's good. <laughs> he's good. I think that he's you know he's old enough. Bump him up to some higher competition. You know, maybe the Yankees just had him there to, you know, get him get him going because he was injured, you know, and he's like recovering from that or whatever, just getting back into pitching for the first time in like three years. So I understand that, but I think he's ready for a double A. So maybe, hopefully, this is someone that you can see on the Kansas City Royals in 2023. That would be nice. If the Royals can, uh, you know, if he pitches well in double A, you know, just have him finish the year there. And then, yeah, maybe next year you see him start in Omaha and then he gets called up to Kansas City uh, midway through the year or something. So, ho- yeah, hopefully this guy, if he can k- keep that command up, I mean, that's the best thing, right? Command is just generally the best thing you want from a pitcher. So, yeah, this guy, this could be a, a really good piece that the Royals got. And then the third pitcher that the Royals got is Chandler Champlain, Champlain, Champagne. He's going to pop some champagne for us. 23-year-old pitcher at the low A level, which is, hmm, I don't know. Uh, He was a ninth round pick from the 2021 draft, so that's interesting. However, through 15 starts, he only has a 4.3 ERA, which isn't amazing, but 11 and a half strikeouts per nine and only 2.33 walks per nine so i'm not i'm not entirely sure where these runs are all coming from because i guess he's getting hit but he is missing bats and he's not walking a lot of guys so yeah there's not a whole lot to really uh get from this guy because he's not even a ranked prospect in the yankee system which again is kind of why i'm thinking like Wow, that was that was really all we could get from Ben Bendy. I don't know, dude. But at least if you just look at those numbers, it's like, okay, there there could be something here, maybe. Might be a little bit old for his level, might have to still wait a, f- a few years for him, but yeah. What I will say is that I'm underwhelmed on, by the trade on paper because it's a bunch of pitchers, and I'm not confident that the Royals can develop pitchers. However, you also just have to think, would the Royals really make this move if they weren't aware of that? Like, like they have to understand that the pitching in the minor leagues is not good. So why would they willingly allow themselves to just add more pitchers to that? Like, like, what is this? Are they are they just playing the odds? You know, throwing a throwing like, I don't know, two hundred starting pitchers, and oh, maybe one of them will be good. I don't know, dude. Like, what what's the plan here? 
Is there a plan on getting this turned around so that the development improves for the pitchers? I, I'm not sure. You, you just really have to hope that the Royals know what they're doing. Because the Royals, I mean, it's not like the Yankees just said, okay, these are the prospects we're giving you for Benintendi, and either you take these prospects or Benintendi stays on your team, like, forever. Like, that's not what happened. The Royals had the luxury of choosing who they could get from, I mean, to an extent, obviously. But, like, like the Royals didn't have to choose three pitchers. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to get these guys, but I don't know. There's, I guess the, the scouts are like, yeah, uh, these are the guys we should be getting. I mean, because the Royals have had scouts through the going through the Yankee system all season. They've been anticipating making a move like this. So you just have to hope that our scouting director is like, yeah, I, I like these guys a lot. And I, I, and I feel like I, I know what I'm getting with these guys. And then, of course, you have to hope that the Royals themselves have some sort of plan to improve the pitching development in the minor league system. I will say that the the people who report on the minor leagues a lot more than me, you know, the people who, who actually do that professionally, like Royals Farm, they are positive about this trade. Royals Farm is really excited about this trade, so I trust them. I trust them a lot more than I trust my own opinion. So, could ha could be good. It's just not exactly what I wanted, but of course I'm going to root for these guys. I'm going to hope that they are all good. Or if we just get one of them. If one of these pitchers hits, if we get one good bullpen piece, then it's a good trade. If we get one good starter, then it's a good trade. If we get both, well then obviously it's a good trade. If we get nothing, then it's a bad trade. So, yeah, just have to hope that one of these guys hits at least... And that's all there is to it. Although I will also say that even if I am kind of underwhelmed with the Benintendi trade, you have to understand that the the circumstances that have brought Benintendi to the Royals in the first place are really interesting and I think just kind of funny a little bit. Because when you think about it, we got Benintendi for like nothing. We got Benintendi for Franchi Cordero, okay? And we got Franchi Cordero for Tim Hill. For Tim freaking Hill. Tim Hill had, like, one good season with the Royals. And then, I don't know, for some reason, the Padres were like, yeah, we want this We want this reliever you got. We'll give you a left-field prospect who kind of reminds you of Jorge Soler. And it's like, yeah, right on. <laughs> And then we flipped him for Andrew Benintendi. I mean, Tim Hill, he hasn't been, like, awful for the Padres, but he hasn't done really anything of note. He has been pitching. He's still there in San Diego. He has amassed a total of negative 0.1 war <laughs> after 100, uh, 105 innings, despite, a, despite an okay ERA, despite a 3.83 ERA. So... I don't know. I guess the the Padres must be happy with him. I don't know. But then we we uh yeah, we we turned Tim Hill into Franchi Cordero and Ronald Bolaños. Don't forget that. It wasn't just Franchi. And then we turned Franchi Cordero into Benintendi. We traded him along with Khalil Lee. 
and a couple of other pitching prospects who were, I don't even think, ranked in the Royal system at the time. They were basically just lottery ticket throw-ins. Not really too worried about them. In fact, one of them is Grant Gambrill. Gambrill? Grant Gambrill? Grant Gambrill? Uh, he hasn't pitched since, he hasn't pitched this year, so I don't know what's going on with that dude. The other is Luis De La Rosa, who has some pretty good stats as a 19-year-old in A-ball right now, but, you know, he's 19, it's gonna be a few years before Red Sox see him, most likely, and if, even if he does hit, I don't know, is this, like, are we gonna be, it's kinda like a, like Asturi Ruiz with... Again, the Padres, it's like, are we going to be super upset that we just kind of threw in a, la- a random lottery ticket and they just happened to hit? I mean, that's what lottery tickets do sometimes. Mm. So anyway, the main pieces that we gave up for Ben Benintendi were Franchi and Khalil Lee. Well, Franchi, uh, he was actually DFA'd last year. Red Sox obviously brought him back, but they moved him out of left field, put him into first base. And uh, he's not good at first base either, and he's only hitting 221. So with with four home runs. So yeah, I, I think it's safe to say I would rather have Andrew Benintendi than Franchi Cordero. And Khalil Lee has only made uh a 13 or no sorry 20 plate appearances in the major leagues so far. Like we kind of thought that. Khalil Lee would be in the majors in 2020, and he's basically still not there. In fact, in AAA, he's hitting 202. With a 322 on base, he's still getting on base a lot. That's always been his thing, but yeah. Are we are we gonna be upset about losing a uh, a low hitting corner corner fielder? Outfielder? Maybe a center fielder, I guess, like an okay center fielder. Uh, I th- I think I would still rather have Andrew Benintendi, you know. So, I would like to think that we get we got Andrew Benintendi basically for free, and then we flipped him into three prospects. So I'll take that. That you know the Royals have made a lot of questionable decisions in the past, and the Benintendi trade for a lot of people was one of them. When that trade was made, a lot of people were like. Bro, the Royals serious? Like, what are they doing over there? What are, what are they doing? But then, sure, I mean, Benintendi didn't turn us into a winning team, but he made himself valuable. He made himself worth our, worth our while. And I guess that's all you can ask of him. So I would say that all in all, the whole Benintendi chain has worked out really, really well for the Royals. So again, hoping that those prospects that we got from him will turn out to be good. And then aside from that, the only other thing I really want to talk about right now is the other thing that happened with the Royals and the Yankees recently. Yesterday's game, where the Royals lost one to nothing. <laughs> one to nothing. Yankees were scoreless the entire game until the bottom of the ninth, where Aaron Judge hit a walk-off home run. Off of our boy Scott Barlow, so that's nice. Just, just, just wonderful. Oh man! But yeah, the Royals had a scoreless game for the most part, which isn't as exciting as you might think because 
the Royals have actually had a few scoreless games. Uh, the Ro- the Royals have not scored a single run since Monday. Yeah, Monday we were really excited about that game because that that game was just awesome. Royals won seven to nothing. Zach Greinke had a solid game. The bullpen was fantastic. It was great. It was a ton of fun. The lineup was just on fire. It was wonderful. And then the next game, we basically got the inverse of that. Royals lost 6 to nothing. Bats went completely stone cold. And then the Royals lost 4 to nothing. We got shut out by some dude named Junk. Huh? And then the Royals lose 1 to nothing. So, yeah, bats have been completely missing. Not sure what the deal is with that, because as a team, they've been hitting well since they fired their hitting coach. But now, three games in a row, they've been shut out. Mm, I don't even know. I don't, you can't even blame some of the, I guess, some of the usual suspects like Ryan O'Hearn. Let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You, you can do with what you will with this, with this information. I'm not really saying this changes my overall outlook on this player. But I will say that since getting to play that Toronto series, Ryan O'Hearn has been hitting 278 with a 400 on base. I mean, it's only six games, only 22 plate appearances, but still. He's hitting 278 with a 400 on base. <laughs> does, does that change how we should feel about Ryan O'Hearn or anything? I mean, you you can feel how you however you want to feel. I'm just saying. I'm just saying you can't blame Ryan O'Hearn for for the offense being bad lately. Uh, Michael A. Taylor struck out three times last night. Uh, Hunter Dozier struck out one time and I think grounded into a double play maybe once or twice or something. Like I don't know. Ryan O'Hearn was just... Not Ryan O'Hearn. Hunter Dozier was just... Sorry, I got distracted because I knocked something over like an idiot. Hunter Dozier is just like... Ugh, man, dude. Someone... You, you know, people have been really complaining about Dozier lately. And it, and it's funny because his his overall stat line for the season is not bad like it's actually kind of all right i mean he doesn't look amazing but he has a 112 ops plus for the season for all intents and purposes hunter dozier is an above average hitter i know that might be hard to believe sometimes but he is but he it's like you but i don't know it's like it doesn't mean anything because he just seems so unclutch and sure enough i looked on fan graphs yesterday because someone brought it up on the game thread where people were talking like, oh man, Thunder Dozier is like the least clutch player ever. And yeah, actually, Hunter Dozier is the 21st least clutch hitter in baseball. And that was going into, that was going into yesterday. He's actually now the 19th <laughs> least clutch player in baseball. Although it also says Aaron Judge is the 20th least clutch player. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this stat means. Also, it says Bobby Wood Jr. is the second worst. <laughs> But at least, you know what, we'll forgive Hunter Dozier, or not Hunter Dozier, I don't know. We'll forgive Bobby. We can forgive Bobby for messing up. It's fine. And you know what, I actually do kind of believe it, because it, I do feel like Bobby has come up short in a lot of big moments for the Royals. It's, it's fine. It's fine. He'll get there. Hunter Dozier, though, 
uh, we gave this guy a four year contract, and it's year two of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, he doesn't seem to help us all out all that much. So, uh, yeah, so Dozier just hasn't been great lately at all. Whit Merrifield struck out twice yesterday. That sucked. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just been a mess. It, it's been really sad watching the Royals hitters. I mean, it's not, again, it's not even that, it, it's not like the, the, the lineup as a whole has been bad, but you know, cause you, you get some guys that are doing well, like MJ Melendez had a two hit game. Nick Prado hit a triple. Uh, Pasquantino had a nice bunt into the shift, which was awesome. That was hilarious. So I don't know. It's like, the, it's like they can hit. They just can't put it together. Uh, whatever though. But the main thing for that Yankees game was that Brady Singer pitched the game of his life, which I feel like I've said that a couple of times about him this season. But Brady Singer threw seven scoreless innings and struck out ten batters, and there was it's like he's like the what the the second Royal ever or something, the second or third Royal ever to get back to back. 10 strikeout games like dude's been freaking fantastic he's been awesome in the month of july his five starts in july all together account for 30.2 innings pitched 42 strikeouts a 2.05 era now we'll also say 11 walks but consider that he had that one start where he gave up five walks in six innings. That was a Tiger start, or actually the second Tiger start, where he just walked a bunch of batters, also gave up a lot of hits, but <laughs> only gave up one run in six innings. So he's been he's been great at not letting a runners score on him. And that is just fantastic. Brady Singer has been nigh untouchable this month. And we freaking love to see it. I am just, I just love watching Singer pitch because hitters just have no idea what to do against him. The the late movement on his pitches is just, it's like he throws it and then they they think like, oh, it's going to be a, a fastball, and then no, suddenly it's a slider. And then they think it's going to be a slider, and then, oh, suddenly it's actually a fastball. And they do that for a while, and then he throws a changeup randomly, and it's like, oh, what was that? <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's just so much fun. He, he, they just have no idea what to do against him. So many l looking strikeouts. It's absolutely beautiful. The, there's one thing about Brady Singer, though, that makes me really, really afraid of for his future. And it's just that I don't think that future is going to be with the Royals. That's the thing I wanted to express today. Um, I love watching Brady Singer pitch, but I'm also really unconfident that the Royals are going to keep him around when he hits free agency, which, keep in mind, is only in three years. He's, he's going to be a free agent after the 2025 season because... When we called him up in 2020, it was only set the second game of the season. So he's getting a full six years. This is year three of Brady Singer. And it just makes me worried because, you know, we're, we're, we've been kind of hoping that he would be, you know, maybe our, our potential ace in a championship run 
that would last a few years. And yeah, I'm just kind of seeing him having an early exit with that supposed championship core that we're trying to build. And that would that would be kind of sad. And why why do I feel so confident in that? Like, why am I saying, yeah, I don't think Brady Singer is going to stay around here? I, I just get the suspicion that Brady wouldn't want to stay. Like, there's no there's nothing that he, I don't think I don't think he has done or said anything to say that he doesn't like the Royals. I'm just kind of thinking, why would he like the Royals? Why would he want to stay with the Royals? I mean, this dude was really resistant to the coaching advice or whatever we were trying to do with him last year when we were trying to get him to throw the change up. And he's like, I don't I don't need to throw a change up, bro. It's like, oh, OK, what's going on there? And then you see him this season where Mike Matheny pulls him too early and then lets the bullpen blow his fantastic start or just in general you see the bullpen blow his fantastic start or he doesn't get run support it's like man being on the Kansas City Royals sucks (laughs) so why would he want to stay I don't know I just got that impression that he probably wouldn't want to and and if he did it would probably be for a lot of money because if going forward Brady Singer were were to be a a really great pitcher, which he very well could be, yeah, like I don't think Brady Singer is going to be like a like a Cy Young winner, maybe unless you know he 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 just has a year where he just manages to get a bunch of starts like that. But I do see him as someone who's like a a mid three ERA pitcher, maybe like again on a good year, like a low three ERA pitcher. Like he won't, he might not win a Cy Young, but he can get down ballot votes. He'll make All Star appearances. He can absolutely do that. And if he's doing that while also throwing, I don't know, one hundred eighty to two hundred innings a season, which he very well could do, he's a durable pitcher. Don't don't forget that. Even though he hasn't thrown a lot of innings professionally so far, he is a very durable pitcher. That's been one one of the highlights of his uh you know, when he was a prospect is that he had had really good good durability. So I don't know. You get you get that kind of talent, you you get someone who's that who's throwing that well and for that at many innings. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money right there, dude. <laughs> that's uh that's at least a hundred million dollar pitcher right there. So are the Royals going to be able to do that? Are they are they able to spend that money on him? Should they? It's just kind of scary. You know, it's a little scary thought that the Royals might be watching the the Royals might be wasting a very very a very very rare opportunity for them. A starting pitcher that they developed within their system. We'll see, though. I mean, no matter what, it's a few years away. So, not worth freaking out over right now. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be too surprised if that's what it came down to. But whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, I'm going to head out. I'm going to, I don't know, maybe watch maybe watch some anime and just wait for the Royals to... Hopefully score some runs. I'll I'll start watching the Royals again when they score runs. Anyway. Um, 
So yeah, so the Royals are going to play against the Yankees for the rest of the weekend. That should be wonderful. That should be so much fun. Uh, but, but the Yankees with Andrew Benintendi, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod or send me an email at Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and go Royals.